0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. 1-0. Luke drills one to center field. Drifting back as Eastern Bertrand. Racing in the gap and it is gone. Home run. Luke Roskin. There's your big blow. A grand slam here on the first. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Thank you. Welcome to a Thursday night edition of Sports Nightly here on the Husker Sports Network. A Masters edition. First day of the Masters in Augusta. Just about finished up, as Josh told you. What a day for Justin Rose out in Augusta. Feels great to just have the Masters back here in the month of April after uh, last year and Having everything really canceled, but uh, the Masters this time, of course, not being played in Augusta, instead the what five months ago I think is when uh, Dustin Johnson won it. So good to have the Masters back where it belongs, and yeah, looking forward to watching some of that here this weekend. Coming up here on the show tonight, we got a lot to really get to. There's a lot that's happened in the uh, in the in the afternoon today with. Sound from coaches and um, all of the like. So, looking forward to a full sports nightly here over the next three hours. We'll have uh, the the famous the face off coming up here in the eight o'clock hour. Josh and Tim round two. Greg and I putting questions together for that. So, looking forward to uh, to seeing how that goes. Josh wins the the first round, and we'll see how the uh, the second round goes. If Josh retains the trophy, or if Tim extends it to uh, To another level. Coming up here in just a little bit, we'll chat with Brian Christofferson from Twenty Four Seven Sports. We'll chat all things Huskers uh, with BC. So, looking forward to that this hour, and also in the seven o'clock hour, Kevin Suits from Ten Eleven Sports stops by and uh, gives us the rundown on uh, Husker volleyball and also uh, all the happenings around local sports here in the great state of Nebraska. We'll go beyond the headlines in the seven o'clock hour as well. So we've got a lot to get to over the course of the three hours. 531-546-86, the number to get in the show. That is our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, bringing you more choices and brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Announcement today uh, around the world of Husker football, an exciting one for Husker football fans as we all know the red-white spring game happening on May 1st, uh, an opportunity to see the Huskers. That they, It was announced today around lunchtime, a little before lunchtime today, that Nebraska is going to open up a practice to 4,000 fans. And it's free. You just got to reserve your tickets at huskers.com slash tickets. If you can't make the spring game but want to check out what the Huskers are looking like in practice, April 17th. That is in about nine days, nine days from today, uh, on a Saturday, you can go check out Husker football practice. It'll take place around 2.15 uh, to almost 5 o'clock. Gates will open at 1.30. Um, so that's uh, an opportunity for you to go watch Husker football practice. I, uh, I can't think of it coming up on my ninth year covering the team. I can't remember of, of anything like this before, uh, just a straight open practice for Nebraska to see, so for Husker fans to see, uh, other than just the media, so um, this is a good opportunity for you to come watch the Huskers at Memorial Stadium. If you can't make the spring game, or you know want to do both, you just got to reserve your tickets online at Huskers.com for that. So um, good news today if you are a Husker um, Husker football fan. Also, you heard uh, a highlight from last weekend in the open there. Husker baseball back at home tomorrow. Taking on the Maryland Terrapins for a three-game series at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park. And, of course, uh, still the 2,700 tickets available for starting first with the season ticket holders. And then uh, the general public can check, pick, check, up, check, pick, check, pick those up uh, for the weekend series with the Terps starting tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, we'll have you uh, on the network here for the course of the three days down in Lincoln. We heard earlier this week from Nebraska assistant coach Nate Lenzer, their new basketball coach. He met with members of the media today. Uh, so it was a busy day around, uh, around Husker Athletics today. And I know Coach Lenzer is trying to fit right in the Husker basketball group that is building off their offseason and really trying to, to, to form where they're at as a program and take that next step, of course, with the newcomers coming in. We welcome in uh, Greg Sharp now. Greg, I, we were just talking a little bit about Coach Lenzer and, you know, where he's at coming in today. You spoke with members of the media today. And um, your thoughts on, on the new assistant coach. I know we had him on Sports Nightly, but had a chance to hear from him more today. And it sounds like the media came away pretty impressive with what they heard too.
0: He's, he's impressive. And he, you know, he's totally in tune with, with Fred Hoiberg and what what he wants to do and run. Not that Doc Sadler wasn't, but this should be seamless for Nebraska and for Fred Hoiberg. And, and you know, I think Coach Hoiberg has gone through two years of this program, Ben, and he's realized, we got to make some tweaks here. What we have done has not worked. Obviously, there's circumstances about personnel with this team that they've got to get better, got to get better players out there. But I think, you know, Coach Hoiberg is showing that he's not just going to stay pat and keep doing the same old thing year after year. And I, I commend him for that. And I think Coach Lenger is going to be, A great addition to this Husker basketball staff moving forward. I want to go back to one of your other headlines of the day. How cool is that going to be for that open practice for 4,000 people to come in there? I think this is fantastic that Nebraska football is going to take this step. It's one more time that people can come watch this group work out besides the spring game and generally those weekend practices Ben are when they get into some scrimmage situations so I I think this is a great move by this football staff to open the doors one other time during the spring to let their team come watch this team perform remembering that last fall nobody got to go in the stadium to watch this team in person so I think this is really cool for the fans but also how neat it's going to be for the team Ben and for the players to be able to have a practice with 4,000 people and then the spring game on top. Top of it they have to be ecstatic after having to play last fall those eight games in front of all those empty seats whether it would be memorial stadium or those road games i thought that was a great thing that the athletic department did earlier today
1: yeah and i think people get tired of hearing us talk about you know what we see at practice all the time was a chance for you to go form your own opinions and you know get your own eyeballs on guys and you know, see some of these newcomers, some of these transfers, and, and really what the new-look Huskers are going to be like. I, yeah, I think it's a – we're so used to everything being shut down and restricted and, you know, taken away from us. This is almost on the other end of the spectrum, you know, the bonus for us to kind of get that uh, opportunity. I think it's great for fans, and I hope, I hope they take advantage of it. I mean, 4,000, that's a significant amount of people to watch a practice.
0: Yeah, this should go quick. Those 4,000 seats should just be chewed up in a matter of an hour or so to get those gone. And I just think it's so, I think it's a win-win for the fans, for the players and for the coaches you put you know you put your guys out in the spotlight and you make them perform a little bit you get the juices flowing and maybe you have some position battles that you're going well I really want to see what happens when when the lights come on as we say in the sport of football a little bit so I, I think it's a spectacular thing for Nebraska to do uh, really applaud I, I wasn't really anticipating that to be honest with you I mean I, I you know from time to time you hear them talk about that year the fans kind of ask hey could you open up a practice or two during this the spring and it's never happened before so i I think it's fantastic that this is this is taking place for the huskers uh, in, in just a ma- matter of 10 days when that's going to happen the other thing i wanted to get into tonight ben and we're going to talk to uh kevin suits of 1011. he's going to be with us at the top of hour two about this topic john cook was pretty vocal today he had a press conference earlier today about the conditions of the ncaa volleyball tournament which begins next week up in omaha and about the type of court that they're going to be using, word has come out late this afternoon that that they're not going to be announcers on the video stream for the first and second round. Nebraska does not play a first round match, Ben, but they will play a second round match. And obviously we encourage people to listen to JB and Lauren on the radio broadcast. but. What is the NCA thinking with some of this stuff? I mean, one, you have some of the prominent coaches in the in the sport, namely John Cook and and the gentleman at Wisconsin, saying, come on, what, why are we only doing 48 teams? And now you're going to play it on kind of sub suboptimal surface in the convention center, which is hooked to the CHI center. And then you're not going to even have broadcasters for the first two rounds on the video stream. I mean, the NCA, I don't think they could botch this any worse. And... You know, John Cook's even talking about player safety on these courts that they're setting up inside that thing. And there's no locker rooms for these teams to go change or, you know, I mean, this just doesn't even seem like it's I feel like I'm living in a dream world with what the NCA's is doing. It's is embarrassing what the N.C. is doing with this with this NCAA tournament next week in Omaha.
1: Yeah, the frustrating part to me is this had real potential to be a really cool thing for our city. In Omaha and and our state, who loves volleyball, loves Husker volleyball, but just supporting sports is is huge for this community. And you know, you, you and I a few months ago were speculating, okay, well maybe you set up a. Um, you know, we've already heard that Creighton and Omaha are helping give their floors up for the weekend. Okay, well, why can't we play where they play? Set, set a side up at right. Baxter, set a side up at Creighton, set a side up at, at Sokol. And, you know, there's all kinds of places, Arena, there's all kinds of places around town that you could have set it up, not dissimilar to what you saw with the basketball tournament in Indianapolis. This could have been a really cool thing. Instead, they're, they're piling them all in the, the CHI Center and taking all kinds of shortcuts. They're not utilizing locker rooms. They're making the players change on their bench from their, um, from their warm-ups to their uniforms. No, Yeah, as you said, no announcers, no media coverage. I mean, this thing is, is – you would think after what happened uh, with the embarrassment of the women's basketball tournament, they would have been a little more prepared and apt to handle uh, another major women's tournament – and instead, it's, it's the same thinking, if not worse, and, and more embarrassing for the NCAA.
0: You know, it, you go back to the men's tournament in Indy. I mean, they were busing teams, Ben, an hour and a half to West Lafayette to play games. I mean, here you're talking about a 15-minute drive from those hotels down around the CHI Center to out to Baxter Arena or to Ralston Arena or places that actually have locker room facilities, is this money? Is this money doing this? Is this the NC trying to save money and just get one facility for this deal? Um, when when they first kind of came up with this concept, I viewed the convention center as just maybe a practice area for teams to get practices in while they're there. Rotate a couple teams at a time to go in there and practice, and then divvy out the tournament to other sites. So I, I don't I don't know. This is just bizarre. And they've had a couple of weeks to kind of try to fix some things. But the more and the closer we get to this thing, the more uh, that it's being run on a shoestring budget. And this is just not the way to win over people, particularly after the black eye that they had with what took place in San Antonio for the women's basketball tournament. This seems even worse than that. I mean, this is like it's going to be like And John Cook's used this term. I'll, I'll steal it from him. It's like a club volleyball tournament that they're putting on. Uh, next, starting next week in Omaha. It's, it's embarrassing, and the NCAA should be embarrassed by this, but I don't, I don't know if they are or not. It's just crazy that we're dealing with this. And, hey, I understand that volleyball is more important in Nebraska than in a lot of other places around the country. But that's a, that, that, that should be irrelevant in this argument. It, that you should be treating these athletes, this is the, the epitome of their sport, is to get to the NCAA tournament, and then you get there and they're going, shoot, I've, I played in something better than this for when I was a sophomore in high school playing for my club team. It's just, it's just crazy that, that, that we've gotten to this point in time.
1: Well, and aside from the fact that you know just the, the well-being of the student-athletes and the student-athlete experience you would think that would come first and and at the very least you save yourself a pr nightmare and yeah it's i mean i don't know why they didn't think this was going to get out or maybe they didn't care but it's out there now and you know i've seen some tweets about it that, that have kind of gone viral and of course of of course when coach cook speaks on things like this people are going to listen so yeah not Hopefully. not a great look today Yeah,
0: hopefully. All right, busy show coming up tonight. Uh, Brian Christopherson of Huskers 24-7 going to join us here in a couple of minutes. He was on hand for the open 30-minute session of Husker football practice yesterday. We'll get what his take was. What did he see? What did he spot? What's he heard from these coaches over the last 10 days as the Huskers get their spring practices well underway now deep into week number two i mentioned kevin suits the sports director at 10 is going to be with us at the top of hour number two we're going to go beyond the headlines also in the second hour and see what austin and josh have cooked up for us speaking of josh it's week two of his matchup with tim curran and our face off looking forward to that my questions i think are very fair but going to be fun to go through we'll have that and we'll also have our flicks picks of the week We're back on a sports nightly Thursday night. It's our last show of the week. We'll have Husker baseball coming your way tomorrow night. At this time, Husker's set to open a series with the Maryland Terrapins out at Haymarket Park. Husker football will be back on the practice field tomorrow. No media availability after their workout tomorrow. The next time we get a chance to hear from the coach will be Monday. And it will be the head coach that we'll hear from. After Monday's practice, one guy that's been monitoring Husker Spring football and all things Husker related, Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7, joining us now. Good evening, BC. How are you? Oh, not too bad. How are you? Hanging in there. You got a chance, I know, to go see some, some football practice yesterday. What, uh, what, what stood out to you as you watched the team go through about 30 minutes of workouts?
2: Yeah, I don't want to uh, come with the hot takes too uh, heavy here because only, we only saw a half hour. But, um, you know, I, I guess there's a few wide receivers who kind of jump out to me or that you keep hearing about. Um, one of them's Oliver Martin, you know, who started four games last year, which is uh, pretty impressive considering he just got here in the summer and uh, didn't even know if he was going to be eligible. So I think he's, you know, he was a former four-star recruit who's got a lot of great measurables as a 40-inch vertical, and I think he's a guy that can really factor into the rotation. So he's definitely been somebody who's kind of popped up in the conversations. Uh, I think Alante Brown in the little bit we saw yesterday uh, is a kind of an exciting young player. I mean, he's a guy who people have to remember really didn't play a lot of wide receiver in his high school career, so even though there were sort of expectations for him based off the preseason hype a season ago, he was very new to that position. So he he was he was just like in the early chapters of figuring things out. And I, but you can see his speed and how he could be a dangerous weapon over time as he kind of fine tunes, uh, you know, the the part of the wide receiver craft, I guess. Uh, so those guys are interesting to me. I think kind of the confidence in the defensive line. Um, also jumps out, like when you hear Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers uh, talk yesterday. They're they're guys who they had good seasons last year, but I think they really feel like their best football is straight ahead of them. And now they just need a few more guys to kind of develop behind that group so where they can go six, seven, eight deep on the D-line and and make it through a 12, 12, 13-game season.
0: Is it fair to say the defense would be ahead of the offense right now where this program is?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would guess so. Um, you got—I mean—you got to factor in all those super seniors that are over there. And I know not all of them are participating this spring. I think Scott Frost and his staff are being smart there. They don't want to grind those guys into the ground right now. Like you know, JoJo Doman and Will Honus—they uh, know that they're stuff. You—you want to see some other guys kind of grow, and you don't want to get any of those guys injured. So I think you'd be very—you're very cautious with them. Uh, still, that's a pretty veteran group all around on the defensive side. And you would you would think they would have the advantage. And I think even naturally when it's more of a fair fight, I, I always think the defense sort of uh, is a little bit ahead of the offense. I, I think I'm not wrong in saying this story. And I know we talk maybe too much about the 90s, but this is just an example of the defense being ahead. As good as Nebraska was on offense in 1995 when nobody could stop them, I think I remember stories of some of those guys saying there were times when, you know, they struggled to get first down to get that defense. And so I, I, I kind of always feel like the defense is going to win a little bit more than it loses um, this time of year. The, the key part for the offense, and especially the O-line, I think, is to not get frustrated if, if there are some lessons learned or some tough days at the office. And you gotta, you got to just kind of accept it. And, and uh, instead of getting it down and letting it lead to another bad day, you grow from it.
0: Busy again with Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7 here on Sports Nightly on a Thursday night. Mario Verduzco met with, with the group on Monday and talked about Adrian's got to eliminate the freaking, I think that's the word he used, the freaking <laughs> turnovers, did. and, and that's, that's pretty obvious. How, how competitive do you think the backup spot is? Is Heinrich Harburg good enough to, to really push Logan Smothers, or is, is it clear-cut, do you think, the, who the two is right now?
2: I don't think it's clear-cut. you you got to remember here, Logan Smothers really had most of his offseason deleted because of COVID. So he enrolled early last year, but he is set for this big spring, and then he only gets two practices and it gets called off. And then you get this disjointed season where you really got to jump right into it as a coaching staff and sort of give all the reps to your top guys, who in this case last year were Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. And so while Smothers was learning behind the scenes, and I think there's usefulness to that, I don't think he got as far ahead of like a guy like Harburg with that extra year as you normally would. And so this is, this is his first spring really too. And I don't want to make too much of what we saw in the brief time yesterday, but I'll tell you what, Heinrich harburg has got a, he's got a good stroke and you can see why they like the tools he has. He threw the ball pretty well. And I, I, I kind of left there, and after listening to Mario Verduzco talk the other day, I, I, I think it's very much open for who the number two guy is, and uh, I don't even completely discount a walk-on like Matt Masker, who has some experience at least being in the fight. So um, I, I would not say anybody has a head up on anybody in that competition.
0: How, how big a blow is it that Marquis Step is out for the rest of the spring? I think a lot of people would have said – that's going to be the guy, and then the rest of the young kids will fall behind him. How big of, or or is it, or is it just opening the door for more reps for some of the younger backs to try to develop themselves and show the coaches that they're ready to compete at this level?
2: I think it's a, it's a, a small punch to the stomach, but not something you can't withstand. I mean, Marquis Stepp obviously has a little more experience than the other guys, but it's not like he's played a, ton of college snaps. I I think his most yardage in a season was 400 or 500 yards or something like that. So it's not like you've got a back here who has like a 1,300-yard season resume um, coming in. So I think they really wanted to probably watch him and see exactly what he has up close and, and, and learn a little bit more. But the good news is it sounds like he's going to be back by the summer. And so hopefully he goes into the fall completely full go uh, I think the encouraging thing at running back is the Gabe Irvin talk. Uh, You're talking about an early enrollee out of a powerhouse program in uh, Buford, Georgia. Uh, he he was an all-purpose guy. He caught the ball well. He blocked well. Uh, he's very good at getting north south as a runner. When you watched his film, he didn't have a lot of wasted movement. And so I'm not completely surprised, especially at a position like running back, where I I. It's one spot on the field where I sometimes think young guys can get on the field earlier. Like, it's harder when you're in the trenches to go as a 17 or 18 year old and suddenly play against 22 year olds on the O line or D line. But I think the instincts of some of those young running backs and just, you know, their God given ability sort of take over and they can find the field earlier. So. That's been, I think Gabe Irvin's probably one of the biggest stories of the first week or two of spring, just that he's, he's impresses probably as much as any of the running backs from what we've heard.
0: Again, busy with Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7 here on Sports it, We're talking spring football. The Huskers in the week two uh, of this, headed toward a May 1st spring game. Special teams, obviously, has been a problem for, for the Scott Frost regime of Husker football. What do you make of the Dawson move to coordinate that and, and what are you hearing from some of the guys about is the is there more emphasis being put on it at least during drills here in the spring?
2: It makes a lot of sense with Mike Dawson because he has that experience on his resume. He was a special teams coordinator at Boston College. And also it sort of fits with the position group he coaches because he's an outside linebackers coach and Basically, you're gonna always want your linebackers across the board to be involved in the special teams. I think Luke Reimer told us the other day, like it's expected that like every linebacker is involved in all the teams or has is fighting for a role there. And so I think it kind of lines up where Mike Dawson can get a good look at some guys, even how they perform on special teams if he wants to use them uh, sort of with his position group. Um, you know, if they can earn a spot with the defense, so. A lot of guys are saying there is more emphasis. Um, I mean, people around here will be a little skeptical because I think that's probably one of those things that if a guy gets asked about it every offseason, they're going to say, yeah, we're, we're we're putting a lot of attention on this. Of course, no one's going to say they're not. Uh, but I, I do think there's an understanding right now uh, because of the fact that Nebraska's probably lost a few football games because of special teams or put themselves in a situation uh, where you know it was a closer game than it needed to be because of bad special teams, and so when it's that obvious and it hits you in the face like that, where it's actually there's actually been some painful results because of that, uh, that'll get your attention, I would think, and it it seems like it does have it.
0: Buckle up and put the phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office again, visiting with Brian Christopherson here on Sports Nightly. How about the announcement today of a, of a second open practice for fans to come? Uh, I think I love this. I think this is a great idea. What was your take when you heard that today?
2: Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I, you know, whenever you can be really accessible to this fan base, which is uh, so passionate. Uh, and, you know, they stick with this program, and whether it's good or bad, they're still with it. They're still following it. And so it's a nice little reward, you know, that 4,000 people can, can get in there. And what I would tell people from talking to coaches over the years is, I mean, that's a Saturday practice where I would guess there's some scrimmage work, who knows. But those practices don't take a backseat to the spring game at all, trust me, with in the minds of coaches. Like, those those practices – uh, at least with some staffs that I've covered are maybe even weighted a little more than the spring game, and maybe you get a little more good-on-good good action where the ones go against the ones. I don't know if that'll happen, but I'm just telling people are interested in going to that. I, I think that event or that practice could be all as bit as intriguing as the, uh, as the more ballyhooed uh, spring game on May 1st. Not that that's not a fun thing, too. You gotta love it,
0: right? I mean, it's, you, more than thirty minutes. You're gonna get to really watch some things go. I, I think your observations, all media's observations, will change probably quite a bit watching that. I would guess.
2: Well, yeah. If, if we're, I don't know if we're included on that. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, I do think that's gonna be a useful practice to learn some, some, a lot more than we probably got out of yesterday. Although that was appreciated. I, one of the things I really like, and I, I just want to say this publicly is, you know, it, it's getting a little bit more back to normal over there. And, you know, we've been doing uh, safe distance but in-person interviews after these practices, and uh, it just feels good, you know. I think it feels – even I, I don't know that the coaches love seeing us as much as we like being over there <laughs> talking to them, but I, I do think even that part, like maybe a couple of them would acknowledge that it, it, it feels good that it's sort of this – this normal, more normal spring vibe, of course, than it was uh, all of last year. So uh, things are at least, uh, the arrow is pointed in the right direction, and it it feels good that it is. Sure does.
0: BC, we always appreciate it, appreciate the observations, and uh, looking forward to the the rest of this spring unfolding. There's always a lot of storylines that come out of spring football, and you guys have been all over it, and we we sure appreciate your contribution.
2: Well, thanks so much, and uh, always appreciate you having me.
0: Here we are back for hour number two of our Thursday show here on sports. I hope you had a good day today. For those of us here in the eastern third of the state, it was a wet day today. I know those of you kind of in the western two-thirds, probably dry even in some sunshine. We did not. We were in the muck all day today. I'm, I'm ready for the sun to come back tomorrow, dry some things out around here. We'll be tomorrow night at Haymarket Park at this time. Huskers and Maryland Terrapins get their series underway. 6.30 first pitch tomorrow night, 2 o'clock on Saturday, and then a noon first pitch on Sunday as the first place Huskers take on Maryland. Coming up this hour, Kevin Suits, the longtime sports director at 10-11 is going to join us. We're going to get into a wide variety of topics with Kevin and then we'll go beyond the headlines, see what Josh and Austin have cooked up for us. But right now, great to welcome on board the program, Kevin Suits. Uh, kind of a mucky day, right? I mean, I bet some, some high school events got canceled today with this rain coming down, didn't it?
2: A lot of high school events and middle school events on down the line. Not a whole lot you can do on a dreary day like this. Um, I know there is some soccer happening across the capital city tonight, but those, of course, are being played on, uh, you know, uh, surfaces.
0: Kevin, we're gonna we're gonna hang up and call you back. We got a bad connection. You sound like Darth Vader. So hang on, hang we're hang up. We're gonna call Kevin right back. That was kind of entertaining, but I don't want to do the entire sh- the entire interview with Kevin where he sounds like he's got the the Darth Vader mask on top of him. So we're gonna dial him right back. See if we can get a little bit better connection. Don't you love cell phones and technology? That would be kind of fun just to kind of keep rolling with that. But I, you know, I might start irritating some folks <laughs> with that thing going on there. But. Uh, so, we'll get Kevin uh, locked back in here in just a second, continue on with our conversation uh, of, about Husker sports and some other things that are happening in the sports world and things that he and his group are covering uh, this time of year. Busy time of year for them because you got high school baseball, you got soccer going on, you got uh, some other track and field, obviously a big sport this time of year as well. Hey, we've got you back. Are you good? We're good. Hopefully, you're oh, You're back. It sounds like the normal Kevin that I know. That's fantastic. You know, I, I, we had you on a month ago right after the state basketball tournaments, and one of the things that I said to you was how, how great a job that the Nebraska High School Activity Association did putting on those events in the midst of COVID, and, and we, we raved about what they did. Now you compare it to today in John Cook's presser and talking about playing on really inadequate facilities, no locker rooms for the teams for the first couple rounds. Can you believe that this is going on in this day and age?
3: I want to say no, Greg, but in fact, I kind of can mm. um, just because there, there have been multiple situations now in which decisions made by the NCAA, uh, they've just kind of fallen short in terms of student athlete welfare and uh, so accommodating some of the teams, coaches, administrators and student athletes at some of their various championship events. And so th- this one is very puzzling because it seemed like such a great situation for the tournament for volleyball to go into a bubble in Omaha, no less where there's a wealth of support for the sport. There are adequate uh, facilities all throughout the area. And it just seemed to every, to, to really line up to be a very successful event, but it hasn't started. It begins in a few days, but there are a lot of question marks and John cook is not holding back on some of his concerns logistically that there, there's a lot that needs to be addressed over the next five days.
0: How would you gauge his um, mood today? Where, where Can you use some adjectives to his frustration level with this whole thing?
3: You know, I don't think that John was frustrated when talking about this today. I think that he was very matter-of-fact. That's the way that I would describe it. You could tell, like, everything was fact-based. It wasn't an emotional response where he was pounding his fist or raising his voice. He was just saying, this is the situation we're in. Uh, Going all the way down to the fact that the travel party for Nebraska is capped, not just Nebraska, all teams for the NCAA volleyball tournament, is capped at 27 people. Nebraska has 17 players on the rosters. I'm not a great math person, but I know that (laughs) that leaves only 10 spots for coaches support staff, administrators, and there are some very important people to the Nebraska volleyball operation that are going to be left in Lincoln just because of the number that the NCAA has come up with for some of these teams. Um, and, and that's just one element of it. The, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners, Greg, are aware by this point about uh, the fact that there really aren't locker rooms in the convention center for these teams to use. John Cook even mentioned just kind of in passing, again, there was no emotion shown when he mentioned this, but he said, and a whiteboard, you know, a coach wants huh. to draw some things up before a match and they want to probably have a few catchphrases or, you know, whatever the theme or a mantra for that match is for his, for his team. Well, the, at the moment, that whiteboard is probably going to be something that, you know, a 12-U basketball coach would carry into Speedway Complex here in Lincoln for a, a youth basketball game. And, and we're talking about Division One athletics, and it's really not acceptable.
0: You know, he he's used the term, and it's going to be like a club volleyball tournament. My guess is either with your children or you've maybe covered some of these in your long career at 10-11, you probably have a picture in your mind what this is going to look like, don't you?
3: I do. In fact it was about six, seven weeks ago that my daughter played in the President's Day tournament in Omaha at the CHI Center and the Convention Center portion of it. And I jokingly even sent John a message saying, I'm doing a site survey. I I was joking at the time. But come to find out, what I was witnessing that weekend I think is going to be pretty similar to what this NCAA volleyball tournament is going to look like. Mm. And to think about that, the tournament I was at was for youth volleyball players ranging from the ages of 10 and under all the way to 18 and under and that is the setup that we're using for division one scholarship student athletes that doesn't make sense and the way that they do it within the convention center and from a youth club uh, perspective it it works and it is just a slew of one after the next after the next after the next there are walkways i don't want to make it seem like they're right on top of each other or adjacent to each other there's still space to walk through there is some netting to prevent the balls from ricocheting all over the place there's a row of seats on each side so the parents can sit and watch and the courts have a little number on the side so you know uh for instance i believe my daughter was playing on court 49. So, you know, 1 through 25 is to your left when you walk in. Uh, 26 through 50 is on your right. And you can make your way through uh, the, the maze of courts within the convention center. Now, it, it works in the youth perspective because the, the girls just sit in a circle off to the side when they are off, and they eat their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and chit-chat and play cards and everything. <laughs> and then when it's their turn to go take the court, they pop up, they go through a 15-minute warm-up, warm-up and they play. That's the way Club Volleyball Tournament kind of works. That's not how Division One is going to work because, as John Cook kind of outlined, you know, they, they do their warm-ups in a different outfit than their game uniform. So if they need to go through their – for them to do it the way they would like to and the way the NCAA Tournament has allowed teams to do it through the years, you would do your warm-up. You would go off the court into a locker room, change into your game uniform, and now it's the big show. And even the NCAA in recent years, you know, they've done a phenomenal job with the Final Four, turning out the lights, the, the video production ahead of time. I've got to believe that a lot of that is long gone for this spring 2021 season. And I can't imagine, you know, Nebraska and Minnesota and Wisconsin sitting in a circle off on the concrete floor in the convention center in Omaha, Nebraska, waiting for their turn to take that, that thats thats just not right.
0: I feel like some people are thinking we're making this stuff up. I mean, this is crazy that this is what they're going to roll out there in less than a week for these 48 teams that are coming to Omaha. I think it's embarrassing what is going on. I can't—I don't know that we've heard the end of this thing. I think there's could be some other things that are coming down the pike uh, with this tournament before it gets gets going next week. Again, busy with Kevin the- Suits. Go ahead. Yes.
3: Sorry, Greg, to cut you off. I think the biggest thing is the locker room situation. You know, is everything going to be perfect in the convention center? No, but you have to give uh, these young ladies a space where they can feel comfortable in terms of changing into the proper attire for the match. Uh, if they have any personal needs, whatever it might be, and, and maybe giving them some sort of private space where they can talk, where the coaches can address them. Um, I, I that's not too much to ask in a Division One championship event, is it? I don't think so. Uh, maybe they can come. With, there, is, there is still some time. Perhaps they can get some sort of curtains or block something off and space the courts out in a manner. And that's not just on the NCAA. That's also on Mecca with Omaha as well. Um, and and I, I don't know exactly where the blame would completely fall. It starts with the NCAA, but I think there are multiple parties in there that all should be collectively looking out for the well-being of the student athlete
0: when, when this got announced a couple of months ago, I, I had visions that they're going to use Baxter, they're going to use Ralston Arena, they might use Sokol, which is where Creighton plays, actual places that host sporting events and just let people bus from the downtown Hilton or Marriott or wherever they're putting them up down there by the CHI and send them, uh, you know, uh, on a a 15 minute bus ride to go play your match. And then you come back. I I don't know. I I guess I was way off base when I thought that's how they were going to do this thing.
3: What's really puzzling, too, is the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Was just played in Omaha, almost like that was the blueprint or yep. the vision that they had for volleyball coming to Omaha. And even after the men's basketball tournament earlier this week that concluded on Monday, there was a wealth of, you know, uh, just different phot- uh, photography things and. Some different graphic and art that just said, Thank you, Indiana. And they had a screenshot of Lucas Oil Stadium and they showed Hinkle House and they showed uh, the Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana, and, and just the different sites that were used and how they were also accommodating. And it worked so perfectly. So if that works so well, and the NCAA, I don't want to say they bragged about it, but they certainly promoted that what they did and what they executed to a very high degree. If, if that worked, why did they completely neglect the possibility of following that plan in Omaha for the NCAA volleyball tournament? I don't know. And I think that's one thing that really has some people just scratching their heads because the facilities you just mentioned, Greg, they're all tremendous volleyball facilities. Yeah, yeah. You can with, throw with a center in the mix, you know, <laughs> even without a crowd. It's a <laughs> wonderful place to watch a match.
0: And with locker rooms. All those places would have locker rooms for teams to use. Uh, Hey, before we let you go, I just want your thoughts on on spring football. We're a week and a half into this deal. What have been the bigger storylines in your eyes?
3: Well, I like the lines, uh, both offensively and defensively. And in a way for me, you know, the media got a glimpse in uh, yesterday, and it was really cool to be there and get a vibe for the team. It felt like a, a pro camp because there are so many returning faces for Nebraska, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So you see Beyonce Williams, you see Markel Dismuk. I know Ben Stilley wasn't in pads, but he's out there. All, there were just so many familiar faces. It felt like a professional team that has a roster that returns on a regular basis. So that was one takeaway. The other one was I think that there is some really good young talent on both the offense and defensive lines uh turner corcoran looked really good in my opinion bryce benhart's gotten even bigger if you can believe that and i think the defensive line uh just going off of the eyeball test they look like a very athletic and uh, pretty well-sized bunch
0: and now we got an open scrimmage this is going to be pretty cool right a week from saturday
3: Absolutely. Fans, if, if you're not aware of that, uh, do some research on to Find a way to try to reserve one of those tickets. It, it, that's going to be a fun time, and you know Nebraska does events very well, and those 4,000 people that can get to watch this football scrimmage uh, or practice on, uh, in, in just over a week, uh, hopefully the weather's nice and it's kind of a prelude to the red-white scrimmage, which is on May 1st.
0: Fantastic. Kevin, great stuff. Appreciate you jumping on board with us tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on, Greg. God bless you. We're back Thursday night edition of Sports Island here on the Oscars Sports Network. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you, about to be joined by Josh Hokeman and Austin Orman as we go Beyond the Headlines.
2: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five seconds left in the game. Do you there. believe in miracles? Yes! And that's the way it is. Good night.
4: Beyond the Headlines. You guys have hit most of the day's headlines. Josh and I get to take you beyond them. How does that sound?
5: Yeah. I like it.
4: Sound like a plan? If so... We'll jump right into it with some Major League Baseball. This afternoon, the Mets and Marlins playing a matinee at Citi Field. New York ends up with a walk-off winner after Michael Conforto gets hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. However, if you watch the video, the home plate umpire starts to ring Conforto up. He's halfway through his strikeout motion. Before he points at Conforto, tells him to take first base. You watch the broadcast. You see the pitch tracker box. The slider broke into the zone. Would have been... A strike, and here's how the Mets broadcast sounded. One-two coming, and the
0: slider oh. in there, strike three. three hit, it, hit, the hit on him. the pitch. It hit, the it, the the strike. Oh. it hit Conforto He made no effort to get out of the way. It was a strike, but he didn't move. And Don Mattingly is going to come out and argue the call with the home plate umpire Ron Culpa. The ball hit him, and it was going to be a strike. Yep. So the Mets are celebrating. The Marlins are arguing. What are they, they saying? They're saying the play stands. Game's over. The Mets win it. Wow! Wow! That's Michael Conforto trying clearly to, stuck his elbow into, and Mattingly's coming out and arguing. But I'm sure he's going to be told that that's not reviewable. But you're trying to get it right. They don't get it right. So why even have replay?
4: So that's from the Mets broadcast bemoaning the call, saying it's the wrong call. Conforto leans into the pitch with his front elbow. So are you guys of the mind that batters have to actively jump out of the way of the pitch, or are they entitled to where they're standing regardless of where the pitch is thrown?
1: So that was the Mets broadcast? That was the team that won? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Um, I don't think you need to be getting out of the way. But you're not putting your elbow in the strike zone either. Yeah. I mean, that, that was his blatant. It, let me put it to you this way. If that's in college, he's probably ejected from the game because that because that, <laughs> of that new rule that they put in. He's either ejected or it's a strike. It's one of the two. There, there's no way in college they're letting that go. Yeah. Bad, bad call. And And they, and they reviewed it, right?
4: They did go to the monitor. They yeah. reviewed it, and they said then, it was a judgment call so it can't be overturned. Right. But after the game, uh, Ron Culpa, the home plate umpire, did say, yeah, I missed that one. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, hey, you hey you I know you there. lost. That's on me. <laughs> <laughs> I owe you one. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, you,
0: they, they messed that up. And, and yeah, you can't, particularly in a winning
4: game situation like that, my goodness, you got to get that right. And See, Ben, my reaction was the same as yours. Where that's the home team's broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Go like that. <laughs> uh,
5: we should we should track yeah. down the uh the Marlins broadcast and see what that sounded like but man yeah not not great not a great look but Uh, We move on to the Masters, and earlier today in the first round, Rory McIlroy hit a shot that went a bit awry and ended up hitting a patron. It wasn't just anyone, though. He hit his own dad, Jerry (laughs) McIlroy, who was standing and watching his son play the seventh hole at Augusta. Uh, Rory, not a great first round, four over par, tied for 60th after round one, but Anyway, uh, what are some memories you guys have interacting with balls that have gone out of play, or maybe some players that have been, you know, out of play at sporting events?
0: Hmm. Well, you know, I think a lot of us have called basketball where guys come crashing right. over the the table and knocks knocks a drink over and spills on your stuff, and you know, your biggest worry is your equipment. You're like, don't 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 get that coke in my equipment bet you know you don't want that to happen or it won't work and so yeah that that's happened a
1: couple times to me calling basketball courtside and you get you get run over <laughs> dangerous i've I've got two that jump into mind completely different One one, one feel good the other not so feel good well I, I should say not neither of them are feel good really but one of them's more funny um one of them was on the sideline we'll go with the serious one first we're playing indiana and it's the game where Watt Fillier caught 412 passes <laughs> against us. And it was a huge moment in the game. It was like a third and seven or eight, and we needed to stop with a chance to go win the game or tie it. I, I don't exactly remember the situation. So they pick up the first down, so I'm not happy about that. But then Watt Fillier comes screaming over the sideline. It was like one of those underneath drag routes that they ran all game. And this poor gal operating the parabolic mic for BTN she couldn't have weighed more than oh, I remember this. 95 pounds. I mean, she was a little gal. <clears throat> WAP didn't see her and couldn't slow down and just blew her up. And yeah. you guys know those big paramolic bikes. They're huge and they're yeah. heavy. Yeah. The thing exploded like someone put a firecracker into it. Like, thing <laughs> broke into a bunch of pieces. And this poor girl, uh, she, it happened right in front of me. So I help her up. WAP Fillier helps her up. <laughs> WAP Fillier and I kind of look at each other like, is she okay <laughs> so he obviously runs off because he's got business to attend to so i i'm left and the, by this time there are other people around but the girl just literally looked like she saw a ghost like she was just in complete shock she, she didn't explode into a
4: million pieces though
1: what's that she
4: didn't explode into a million no, she did not. pieces though? she was okay. in one piece and she <laughs> ended
1: up being fine she no blood or cuts or anything and i think she was more just what just happened right. type scenario and she could have been bruised and banged up for all we know but she she said she was fine and you know she's kind of laughing about it a few minutes later but that, that was really scary Whew. um if you go watch that game on youtube or whatever and you and you run across that play you'll because the, the mic picks up the contact so you can hear it <laughs> like it's really loud the other one quick one we we're playing golf and one of my buddies who's not very good at golf sliced one right into somebody's kitchen window and uh <laughs> so we're, we're kind of laughing about it obviously the people who lived on the golf course weren't laughing about it so I think my buddy ended up paying for the window that that uh <laughs> that, that she person came outside on the deck and he, he obviously felt terrible but i mean that's got to happen all the time on golf courses yep have
4: you guys seen the video on twitter of the this who lives along a golf course and never someone hits a ball into his yeah. lawn he that's lays down he right next to it lays, yeah. Lays yeah. Down. yeah yeah
0: ben Where have you is. had it i'm not sure you've really
1: had a, a close call you getting run over down there i don't think no i mean i've had you know I've had times where guys get knocked down in front of me um, but no i i haven't i've I'm usually head on a swivel type guy so <laughs> I, I I can usually see it coming before it's coming uh, but yeah thankfully and some and look sometimes even if you see it coming you're right. not getting out of the way um, you just got to kind of wear it but yeah thankfully i've I've steered clear of it for the most part the duck the duck in Eugene almost got me though on the motorcycle oh yeah that was pretty scary <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah.
5: Good stuff.
4: All right. Topic number the third. Earlier this week, former Iowa basketball player, Luca Garza, announced that he would release his own digital trading cards. Happened a lot with the NBA, but Garza said he's the first college player to announce this card. And the auction price right now for this digital trading card, $8,000. So if you guys could buy slash be given a digital trading card of any college athlete of all time, who's what you want? Wow, Kimball Walker, UConn. There you go. <laughs> Man, uh, that
1: quickly. Man, uh, I I feel guilty picking a Nebraska one. I, I mean,
5: yeah, because yeah, you're gonna leave a lot off. By the while you guys think, Austin, fill us in on this whole trend. I'm sure you're more hip on what is all going on with this digital stuff?
4: Well, only barely. So it really started with the NBA. NBA top shot is a thing. You just all these digital trading cards, snapshots of moments. So it really became a thing with the NBA. And since this regular season started, wasn't around for the finals last year, but since this new season started, they're just huge bidding wars for these online trading cards. And they call them NFTs, non-fungible tokens, because they aren't physical copies, nothing like that. There was this big commotion about this piece of art that sold for like $6 million, but it's online only, just basically a PDF someone bought for $6 million, but it's trickled down to athletes and Garza's right now up for $8,000. He said he would donate some of it to that children's hospital just across the way from Kinnick Stadium. So he's not pocketing all of it, but yeah, it's started in the NBA and I guess a, an NBA wannabe is now trying to copy that trend. Hmm, I will crazy. take
0: the greatest college basketball player of all time, Bill Walton.
4: Hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: that's good.
5: I like that. Yeah, there's. it's so wide open, though. Like, Yeah, who, I mean, if you're, you going, if you're going for worth, give me an MJ <laughs> North, <laughs> North Carolina, Carolina one.
1: I mean, I'm sure I could get a penny or two that's, for that. That's a different <laughs> question. Yeah, what's the most valuable of all time? Yeah, like maybe In a Kareem college. Abdul-Jabbar UCLA one or something along those lines. Yeah, crazy. All right, um, moving on,
5: speaking of legendary things, on this day in 1974, Hank Aaron hit his 715th career home run, passing Babe Ruth as the all-time leader in that category, and we can debate the legitimacy of who holds that title currently, but the question we have for you guys is, who are the two or three most... What are the two or three most coveted records in all of sports? Ooh, wow. Um... I feel like baseball has a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so kind of no are we talking
1: like records that won't be broken? Or no, like they records they could be broken.
5: They could be broken. Most Just like coveted. What's, yeah, yeah. Most coveted. So, which one? The home if, run record, I think, is always.
0: Yeah, but it's anytime tainted now, right? That's what I was rates. gonna say.
5: That's why I think that it's changed a little bit. I still think that it is something that people chase after, but with the way that it's been. With what we've seen with steroids, it's just yeah, it's like Greg said, it's tainted a little bit. How about the Cal Ripken consecutive game thing?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's gonna touch that. Right, I think that thing may be around a hundred years from now. Yeah. Um, the hit I, record,
1: well, I go the hit record more than I would the home run record. Right. One, one that's on my mind because it, it was. Basically every week in the NFL was career touchdown passes because you had sure Breeze and was it Breeze and Brady passing each other forwards. basically yeah. every game and so they kept showing graphics of that and then What's obviously that, you had Oh Tim says Tom Brady <laughs> seven Super Bowl rings or whatever. Uh-huh. You had you know, you had those guys jumping <laughs> each other and then you had, you know, um like Peyton Manning there too, who was who's fresh off his retirement, so I don't know, maybe that one? Yeah. Back to baseball, I was going to bring up the uh,
5: the hit streak Joe DiMaggio's fifty-six game yeah. hit yep. streak. I feel like that's, that's something that isn't always approached, but every once in a while, a guy will get up into the thirties and even you know into the forties, and who, you start talking about it. Who has the most hits all time? Is it Pete Rose? Uh, uh yes. I mean, I think it is technically. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he still he, has that. I mean, right. just because he bet on games right. doesn't mean, that doesn't mean yeah. It. That was after his career's over, and yeah, he passed Ty Cobb. So yeah, that's yeah. He's at 4,000, maybe 200-something, like yeah. yeah. So.
4: Do you want 30 seconds before the next topic to go on your Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame <laughs> spiel, Greg? <laughs> I'll, hold it. I'll hold it for another time. Right. Okay. There will <laughs> be, be more ample times to do <laughs> it, I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll stick with baseball and stick with the home run theme for topic number five. So yesterday, Jock Peterson, now of the Cubs, hit his first homer as a member <laughs> of his new team in reward. Not only did he get the run, the RBI, but he was given a waffle maker in the dugout. (laughs) Apparently, this is a tradition Ian Happ started back in 2018. So it's well-traveled. It'll change hands a few more times this year, more than likely so. Even though Peterson doesn't get to keep his waffle maker, if you guys could win any kitchen appliance for hitting a homer (laughs) off a major league pitcher, what appliance are you swinging for the fences to get? Waffle maker
1: is a good choice. Um, Give me an air fryer. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I've never used one of those. Oh, we got uh, one. But you, for what if Christmas? you hit a home route for We really use bitter. it all the time. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We're like, how do we live so long without this thing? I, I've, <laughs> I know a lot of people that have them and a lot of people that love them. Yep. I, I hate to copy because that's boring. So, I mean, yeah, I go with something else. Not going for a fridge um, or anything? Kitchen appliance. <laughs>
4: it's a full refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we do need to do dishwasher, so maybe I'll go with that. There you go. There go. go with the necessity. Yeah, Practical. Yes,
5: exactly. <laughs> that That is a fun tradition, though. I don't. Why not, that's though? Random. Why yeah, not just buy a new one for each guy who hits their first home run yeah. in the Cubs uniform? Why do you have to be cheap about it, you know? Right. I mean, that's... <laughs> Come on, Ian Happ. <laughs> All right, we're going to go off of sports for uh, topic number six. A husband and wife from Maine named Kurt and Kelly Stokes have recently put together a real life treasure hunt for anyone willing to uh, take part in it. The game is celebrating maine's bicentennial um all you have to do is drop 20 or 40 dollars on some cards some playing cards that will help you get started and in order to find the hidden treasure you have to solve a secret a riddle and a puzzle so it's just hidden somewhere in the state of maine and you have to hunt it down so do you guys want to pool our resources together the four of us and go treasure hunting in maine to find this thing $20,000. Twenty thousand I mean, dollars. I think it'd be a blast. Yeah, yeah. The the weird the weird thing. I think that it should have been two hundred thousand dollars since it's the bicentennial. You know? There you go. How, do we know how many participants there are? We don't know yet. No. I they've made quite a bit of money. They're giving a lot of it to to charity. But this is the story I found was a couple of days old, and they had just started started man, so i'd be all you over imagine that.
0: if we if we did this how much bickering we would do oh, no man. we
5: gotta
1: go oh, this man. way no
0: yes. we're going this we way would,
1: especially if we brought tim into the mix and <laughs> oh Brent. no oh. tim tim would have to his own team someplace yeah. else <laughs> <laughs> we, i've been crushing old, old episodes of amazing race oh yeah and, and greg and i were, were we're through where were we, we were running around o'hare trying to find the rental car <laughs> yeah. place i'm like this is in english and we're not even racing anybody but if this were amazing race we'd be dead last i mean <laughs> this is pathetic for guys that travel all the time we can't even find
4: we couldn't find the bus the rental car place
1: of where to go wow
4: airports they'll do that to you yes yeah
1: they'll they'll humble you quick at least we weren't in a hurry right i mean we had all (laughs) that to do this when you have the pressure and to our credit it was labeled very poorly okay i mean most places are pretty straightforward but that place was not yeah
4: Guys are still hosting the show together, so things couldn't have gotten that south, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're sniping at each other too much, but I I feel like if we're, you know, (laughs) if we were going from Malaysia to China to England to Spain, we might we might get to that point.
4: Should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque or something. (laughs) Sure. All right, finishing up with another wild, wacky non-sports topic. A Sacramento plastic surgeon went to court virtually, contesting a traffic violation over Zoom. But at the time of his trial-slash-Zoom meeting, he was in his operating room, performing a procedure on a patient. The judge asked if he was available for the trial, saying the doctor looked a little busy the doctor said no nah, it's fine i got someone else here in case something goes bad so oh nope we we can keep going with this luckily for the patient's <laughs> sake the judge overruled the doctor rescheduling what? the trial for a week later <laughs> but of course the doctors now up for investigation by the california uh, medical board yeah. oh so man we've been on zoom meetings for a while over this pandemic what's divided your attention while you're on a zoom meeting during this pandemic
1: it, it's pretty obvious i, I mean you're, you you guys deal with it every monday it's my kid <laughs> yeah. right i mean she's she, it's like she knows it's like she knows that <laughs> exactly it, it's time to be quiet so she's like oh yeah well yeah. watch this, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> kids and dogs good dogs barking in the background yeah, yeah. kid kid for sure 100 percent for yeah. me yep that is accurate
4: you guys uh, aren't performing you know. surgery i haven't seen it I, not, I don't think that. anybody
1: wants me performing surgery. To be honest, that's an yeah. unbelievable story you found. That's crazy. That's, stuff. that's I can't imagine. He's passionate. Uh, uh. I mean, that dude, you doctor, so you know he's raking in the coin. So right. he's not hurting there. Wow. So I mean, his, his he must have a big ego and a lot of pride to to want to fight that thing. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Uh, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, boys. That's well done. Thanks Those are top much. notch. Good job, guys. That. Here we are, final hour of the night. Final hour of the week. We'll have Husker baseball tomorrow night. Huskers set to take on the Maryland Terrapins. 6.30 first pitch on the air at 6 o'clock with pregame coverage. Huskers in first place as they jump into this weekend of play in Big Ten action. A half a game ahead of the Michigan Wolverines. Coming up this hour, we're going to have our faceoff week number two between Josh and Tim. And later in the hour, we'll have our flicks Picks of the week. We'll keep some a couple of segments open for some open phones uh, and to discuss some of the day's headlines uh, of the day. Well, let's get it going with the face-off. It's time for face-off. They score
3: at the face-off. Let's go, Mano Amano. You me, right here, right
0: now. Now here are your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I love this segment. Unless I'm playing, oh. 100% <laughs> agree.
6: Pressure's <laughs> on. I'm starting to sweat. Yeah, I like watching people squirm, but when I'm the one squirming, <laughs> it ain't
1: fun. No, Ben, what do you it's think? Way, it's way different being on this side. I can tell you that. It is. Palms aren't as sweaty. Your knees uh, aren't you're, as weak. You're, arms you're, aren't
4: as heavy. <laughs> nope. Mom's mine's spaghetti? not
1: spinning. <laughs> mine's not spinning as much. This is uh, this is this is this is much better being on this side. All right, to recap for everybody, Josh is the defending
0: champion. He's the current champion of this little ditty. And last week he defeated Tim 4 to 2 in the questions. So Tim needs a win this week to force a third and decisive game. If not, I think I'm up next. You're up next, right? Greg. Yeah, you, you you await whoever wins between me and Tim, whether okay. whoever whoever wins. All right. And Austin is back at the controls, so he's ready to deliver yes. the ding or the buzz, right? Yeah.
4: That that is my my role here
0: tonight. All right. Ben, excellent job in your questions this week. Excellent. Yeah. See you as well. This is going to be good. Okay. Here we go. Question one. You guys ready? Yes. Yes, sir. Name the five NCAA programs that have won both a men's and a women's basketball tournament. Josh. 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 I'll go with UConn first. How about UConn? <laughs> that is correct.
5: Four to go. Do you want to play or pass? suppose I'll play. Um,
0: I'll say Baylor. How about the Baylor Bears, yes, sir. Two for two. Um,
5: what about
0: Stanford? How about the Cardinal? They could add a volleyball championship to that sure. list as well. Yeah, but they won't. Um,
5: now I'm running out of teams that I have a good idea of. Obviously, I, Baylor Baylor just joined this this right. Monday with a big right. win. I don't know if the men have a title. Let's try Tennessee, though. How about the Volunteers?
0: Oh. Oh, first strike. Good guess. It is a good guess. And you're right. The men have not. The women have, done, have multiple ones. Same with this
5: team. Let's try uh, I don't think they have it
0: either, but let's go with Notre Dame. How about Notre Dame? I believe they have a women's and not a men's. Same same as Tennessee. Yeah. All right. Be careful now. You have two strikes. Two to go. Okay. Hmm.
5: What about...
0: What about North Carolina? Give me the Tar Heels. Yeah, good, good guess. Ball. That that pained, that uh, pained <laughs> Austin. Yeah, Austin I, I the wanted the buzz button. so badly. Yeah, he but... was a little
5: slow on the trigger there to
4: <laughs> give me the. Bell. I had to think about it. Um, one to go. Yeah, and I in terms of correct answers and strikes. Right.
5: Um, I really don't know. Let's try
0: UCLA. How about UCLA? Oh boy, Tim got a chance to steal. <laughs> oh
6: gosh! Well, Only the one, one to guess, get. the one guess I had, Josh already fired out there, so I can't. I was gonna guess Tennessee, but that wasn't right. So I'll just well, you guess be Florida. Glad to get another crack. I'll just guess Florida.
0: All right, how about the Gators? Oh, oh. The Maryland Terrapins. Oh,
5: really? Don't think I would have yeah. got that. Maryland Josh still with the, the last win. Big
4: Ten team to win a big uh, national championship. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they were in the
1: ACC at that time it right taking me a long time to come up with that yeah yeah one nothing Josh okay I should preface this question by no, saying no. this is fair to both <laughs> of you uh, for the same well, reason will we be able to get at least one answer oh for, yeah okay uh, I, yeah I boy I sure hope so we better we'll probably <laughs> have to cancel the, the the segment if you don't okay <laughs> all right name the last six Full-time paid Nebraska basketball assistant coaches.
0: Ooh.
1: Tim, <laughs> very okay. Tim, he emphatically, with
6: with the with the buzz. All right. Well, so are we not counting people on the three, oh, two, center? one? Uh, no, no, no. Because I wanted to say Doc yeah, Sadler, can, but he's not you on can the clarify. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify because I was going to say Doc Sadler because he got shifted to another role. I do not know if that counted or not. Is does Doc, does does, does Doc? Is that, not that your count? answer? Just well, it. I'm just—I I, was—that's I, that's, my—I was clarifying. I'll, I'll say Doc, just to—just to.
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? Doc Sadler. Yes, Tim. He was a full-time assistant last year, so he would
6: qualify. Okay, fine. Armon Gates.
1: Armon Gates. He's Armand
5: playing. Tim's
6: playing. <laughs> <Tip's> playing. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go with Matt Abdullmasi.
1: Coach Abdullmasi.
6: Now, here's where we have to get uh, uh, Coach Lewis, uh, Mike Lewis. Coach Michael Lewis. Yep. Okay. So there was Lewis Gates on last year's, and who else was on? Oh, it was uh, Molinari.
1: Coach Bo- Jim-, Jim Molinari. Yeah, Jim Molinari. Okay. You got the important part. I'll give and you then military. one left. <laughs> Craig Smith. Show me Craig Smith. Dang it!
6: Shoot, I think I I think I'm out. I know I've got two more guesses, but I'm I'm just gonna have to throw random names at the wall because I literally don't remember. Well, um, that's frustrating. I I only need one more, right? That's correct. Oh, goodness gracious! I don't remember. I just did not. Who are Miles' other assistants besides. What's like going to suck is like, I. Can't do it. Well, I was going to say, I, rem- I'm, I know I rem- I'm going to recognize the name. I just don't have it up on my head. Okay, just, just buzz me out. I got nothing. Just buzz me <laughs> out.
1: Uh, Tim, take some time here and think about this one. What'd I was going to say, say I. One buzz here, but. Take, take a minute
5: to think about it. I'm going to feel dumb if, I, if I'm if i wrong on this, but I think. Okay, dang
0: it. Screw you, Josh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Tim's got one more to guess. Yeah. Oh. Tim,
5: think about it.
6: You, you got one guess left. Oh. Okay, well, I'm just.
1: Take 30 seconds and just the full, use no, your full time
6: yeah. assistance, not counting like super secret special recall Full time paid assistance. <sighs> yeah, I just don't. I know. I know. I there's an. I I know of the person. I just can't remember their name. I can picture them in my mind's eye. I just can't remember the freaking name. This is upsetting. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I Taran Petaway. Show <laughs> <laughs> me Taran Petaway.
1: Unfortunately, Shocking, he was not was a full
5: time assistant coach. Josh. <laughs> Is it, uh, Coach Lenzer, Le- however you say his name, that's currently on the staff?
6: Oh, you're kidding me.
5: Co- Coach Nate Lenzer. <laughs> yes! Tim! <You're
6: kidding> <laughs> I didn't know he counted. What do you mean? I didn't know he counted. Why would I, he not I count? I didn't know he counted. I don't know why, because I thought that was be, like, would cheating. Why else would I ask the question, first- buddy? Okay, but were you impressed? I was able to get all the rest of the yeah. guys. Yeah, I, I, I To be honest, yeah,
5: I was a little surprised. It would have taken me a long time to come up with co- uh, Jim Molinari, I I'll
1: do be not. Honest. I I did not expect Nate Lenzer to be the one you struggled with on that list.
6: Why well, just wasn't thinking? Like I like I said, I, I just wasn't thinking about hey, him. I this was just game is to...
0: hard. This
1: this is hard game right here. <laughs> Screw this. Oh man. Tim gets five. <laughs> Tim gets five in a row. Josh just comes in and swipes it. All right, Tim, you can recover. Here we go. Two time out. timeout. Timeout. We need to take a, a, a deep a breath. Out. Yeah, maybe. Is, the, is that worse than me not getting Patrick Mahomes? I feel like we have a new clubhouse leader. Well hold on. No. <laughs> no. Because I I was just discounting
6: that I right. could use I, him. We, I, 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 I do I, recall
4: some contestants not remembering. Nice the try, 10 ben. men's team. Hey, hey, in, in fairness was, to, was to me, yes, that's the what the was say, situation, I was just gonna say. I would have lost the category
6: anyhow.
5: Right. I I,
6: it wasn't that I, I, I didn't w- remember Lenzer, I just I just literally didn't know we
0: could yeah. use him. I don't know why. Well,
5: that's what I Austin just said I forgot Lucas Oil Stadium um whenever that was, but so All right. Mahomes, Mahomes
0: was at the Masters today. He was Was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Picture him on the grounds, out of his boot. Redemption time yeah. for Tim. All right. All right, question number 3. Name the top 3 tacklers for Husker football last fall.
6: Tim Tim, Tim. Okay, we're gonna go with um, Ben Stilley. How about Ben Stilley? Oh, oh, Josh. Shoot. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, now I'm
5: now I'm lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so is Josh gonna take it that way? Yeah. One? No, I but he's have got to guess. guess one right. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm freezing up here. Ty Robinson. How about Ty Robinson? Back to Tim for a guess.
6: Oh. Um. Okay, well, let's go with, um, let's go with, how about Garrett Nelson?
0: I don't know. How about Garrett Nelson? Boys, back oh, Come Josh. on, Oh, boy. Um,
5: let's say Deontay
0: Williams. How about Deontay Williams? Hey. Okay, we got one got one. Josh, you have to play because you guys have yeah. had a few misses here. Let's try
5: his fellow safety Markel Dismuke. How about Markel Dismuke? One strike. Um, What about Will Honus?
0: Give me Will Honus. Yeah. How many are we going for here? One, three. You've got one number left. two and number three. You're missing the leading tackler from last year. You've gotten two and three. You have one strike. Why
5: can't I think of it? Oh.
3: Mm.
5: I know this isn't right, but Nick Henrich. Come on, Nick Henrich.
0: All right, got to be careful now. Two strikes. Tim's um, brain is percolating. <laughs> uh,
5: um... Yeah, the... I have a couple of names in my... Or not names in mind, Faces in mine. But now I'm blanking. The pressure is on. The seed is getting to me. <laughs> um... Again, this isn't right. Uh,
0: Damian Daniels. How about Damian Daniels? All right, Tim with a chance to steal, get himself back in the game. Oh, boy. Well, name the top tackler for the Oscars last fall. Last fall.
6: Okay,
5: well, this is depressing. I feel like I should know this. Actually, I definitely should know know this. I feel like there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of people in their cars right now that are yelling at us. (laughs) I know this is ridiculous. I I I can't. I'm just.
6: I don't know. JoJo Doman. I don't know. (laughs) All right, give me JoJo
0: Doman. Oh man! For the steal.
6: Tim board. Tim Tim from
0: the top rope. (laughs) (laughs) From the verge. (laughs) Ben, are you laughing back there? Oh Oh, man!
1: man. I did not see Tim ripping that one out of nowhere. (laughs) I thought we were going to get like a Barrett Rude type guess, <laughs> like uh, Taran Petaway. Oh. Yep. Levante David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, you, Tim. Yeah. Hey, Thanks. you guys wiped I, the category. You might have named the starting 11, but you got there. I, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. I feel pretty dumb. Oh, you, you got all three. You got them. <laughs> the two of you. Yeah. Alright, here we go, boys. Question number four is two to one. Who were the final four teams? When the NCAA volleyball tournament was last played in Omaha. Who, Josh? Tim. Oh, Josh. Josh. Josh.
5: <sighs>
1: Nebraska. The Corn Huskers. Yes, they were. Pass um, or play?
5: I will play uh, Texas.
1: Show me the Longhorns. Welcome. Huskers beat the Horns in the finals.
0: Look
1: Kansas. The Kansas Jayhawks. Yep. Whoa. The number nine seed made it all the way to Omaha. That's who Nebraska yeah. played and that's why in the I'm, semifinal. That's where I'm
5: going to run out of gas here. I'll just start naming off teams that are good. Uh, Stanford.
1: How about the Cardinal? Strike one. <sighs> Florida. How about the Gators? Strike two, you have named the two final four teams that were in Kansas City. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one strike remaining, one team remaining. Who did they beat?
4: That is what we're asking you.
1: I know. <laughs> Austin.
5: <laughs> um, mm, I don't think this is right, but let's say Minnesota. Minnesota. How
1: about the Golden Gophers? Oh, yes, sir. Swept the category. I was uh, doing sports nightly as the Longhorns and the Gophers were playing from mm. the CHI Center. Tim, did yeah. you have it? I only had, would have had two. My other
6: guess would have been like Washington. I remember they were good yeah. a handful yep. of years ago. But yep. Yeah. Yep. All,
0: all right. 3-1 Josh. Last Tim. Hey, Josh wins one more. It, it is all over. <sighs> then I'd be in the hot seat. I'm not sure I like this. All right, guys, question five. Name the last five winners of the Masters. Josh. Josh. Tiger Woods. Give me Tiger Woods.
5: Yeah. Won it in 2019. Um, I'll play Dustin Johnson. How about Dustin Johnson? Yep, won it in November. This might be going back too far.
0: Bubba Watson. How about Bubba? Good yeah. guess. He's won it twice, but yeah, not more further back than five. Um,
5: uh, I think this is also too far back, but I'll try Phil.
0: About Phil Mickelson. Oh. Yep, it's been a while for Phil. Oh, man. Down to last strike. Three to go. Tim, so, get you ready.
5: It's the last five, right? Yep. Last yep. five winners. How about Jordan Spieth?
0: Jordan Spieth. Mm. Oh. He would have been number six. Dang. Tim, with a chance to stay alive, has to get it right to stay alive. Oh. Come on, Timmy.
5: Big one.
6: Yeah, I was just going to guess, Spieth, but obviously that's not right. You got, you wow. got three oh, okay. answers. And I have to get them all.
5: No, you just have you to get just one. one.
6: Okay, I know this is wrong, but I just have to throw a name out there.
0: What about Rory? How about Rory McIlroy? Wow, Josh stays undefeated. The last three, the other they were after Tiger and DJ, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, and Danny Willett. <laughs> Willett's really the wild card in that thing. And Speeth was a good guess because he was he would have been six years back. Yeah, and That's... Phil Phil's one too, and yeah. Bubba's one too. Right? So.
1: Yeah. Well, Josh continues to roll. Play you next week, Greg. Uh, I'm already nervous. Josh, uh, this is going to be a little backwards. Greg is going to deliver your trophy. Maybe I'll drop it by the studio so Greg doesn't have to touch it. But <laughs> <laughs> y- you, should have, you should have the trophy staring you in the face when you play next time. All right. I you will know happily what we're doing? accept we're it. Go-
0: we're gonna give it to Austin because Austin's gonna be at the yard on Saturday. There you go. It's true. Yeah, Ryan, I want my participation
6: trophy. Dang it! <laughs> I
1: want to something. We'll send you a blue
0: ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. Moral victory. We'll, we'll right print here. off a certificate that you
1: participated.
5: <laughs> Appreciate it.
1: Good job. We'll send it to Ran We'll send it to Taran Pedaway <laughs> to
6: send to you. <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. For the, the
0: questions were fair, right? Yes. No, those very are good well, questions. very well. Very well. they're good. Good job.
6: Besides, yeah. besides the. Lenser, that got me. Unfair. <laughs> Man. I, yeah, I, I, I really you there. Tim, you even recorded that interview, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, I knew who he was. I just didn't know he was a valid guest. <laughs> Nothing good on TV anymore? Struggling to find something to watch?
3: There's no crying in baseball!
6: Well, we've got you covered.
3: I'm gonna make him an offer he with you. Alright, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready
0: for my close-up. It's time now for Sports Nightly Flicks Picks. And action! Well, after learning tonight that nobody else in part of this show has ever seen Days of Thunder with Tom (laughs) Cruise, very disappointing. None of you guys have seen that movie? No, no. Sorry. He's a race car driver. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is the guy who kind of captains him through the whole thing.
1: Nicole Kidman. It's a pretty good movie. I can't believe none of you guys have seen it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it years ago, because it's an older movie, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it probably came out 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I I bet I've seen it probably 10, 15 years. I think I've only watched it once. All right. Ben,
0: last week, if memory serves, you had just started something, and you were going to give us an update this week. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, the update's going to have to wait another week. We have not progressed any further. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. I spent four of the nights. Yeah, I spent four of the, the nights away from my wife and I think the the other two. What did you
0: watch while you were in Illinois?
1: Oh, uh, baseball, baseball, <laughs> baseball, yes. yeah, m- m- and Final Four. So, yeah. you know, just kind of, kind of took the time away. Okay, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to crush a couple. Uh, I'm not traveling for a couple weeks now, so we will have a report at some point in time in the future. What was it called? Road. It's called the One on Netflix. The One. All right. Yeah. Two episodes in, I think it's a 10-episode series, so... I mean, you can still... Don't hate
5: it so far. Tell people to watch it, and then you can still give a review at some point. Yeah. But, there you go. You won't be bored in the first two episodes. There, how about that? Good. Gosh. All right. Um, I actually dove back into Survivor. I, I know I brought this up before. They actually... Haven't uh, recorded a season for a while, so the one that aired last spring is the last one that has been put out. They didn't do one last fall. They didn't do one this spring. I think they're going to record one for next fall, is at least the plan. So I decided to go back and start all the way back in season one and start Whoa. through. They have forty seasons. It might take me a while to get through all of them, but slowly, I'm gonna make, maybe work my <laughs> way through that over the next few years. And uh, yeah, I just thought maybe I, I didn't watch them in order the first time, so. I kind of wanted to start at the beginning, go 1 through 40, and see where it takes me. But I, I Josh, is it going to take away knowing who wins some of yeah, them? Yes, some of them. I haven't watched all of them. I know I, we watched the majority of them together, and I've watched, even since then, watched pretty much every single one that's come out. But there's a few toward the beginning. I know I watched the first two. I, knew, I know who wins those, but... Seasons, like, 3 through 10, I think I didn't watch. So those will at least be surprising. There was,
1: like, a period of, like, a month or two where we were just crushing seasons yeah. of Survivor at the at whole the yeah. apartment. We did. That was yeah. fun. We
5: also, in addition to Survivor, uh, Victoria and I watched, she convinced me to watch uh, the movie Ten Things I Hate About You. I hadn't watched that before. Oh, yeah. Kind of uh, a chick flick. And, I am I mean, I didn't hate it. It was, I, I it brought back some nostalgia just because it was, you know, set, in a certain time period and but it wasn't terrible didn't love it but
4: it was all right <laughs> yeah austin yeah so we are still going through seinfeld a little bit but our our new show has been criminal minds something Ooh, that yeah. i haven't watched before not something i probably would have chosen to watch on my own but olivia is really into that sort of stuff so we tend to watch it late at night, which, given that it's a crime drama, isn't always the best. And I don't know <laughs> if my approach to these shows is the best either. I'm not one to just sit back and let the episode happen. I'm the guy that's trying to piece the clues together, and I'll throw yeah. out guesses at every commercial break for who it is, what they're going after, what what's the clue that's going to break the case. But normally it's an episode or, or two of that, followed by an episode or two of Guy's Grocery Games. We're actually really into that now, Food Network, all sorts of fun, zany challenges with... Guy Fieri something to lighten the mood before bed and take the nightmares away he's fun to watch he is he's, he's a personality a... that's for sure yeah.
0: he's very entertaining well I am a Marvel geek so I finished up um, WandaVision it was f- fine the, the end of it was pretty darn good the last couple episodes are really good but now I'm into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'm two episodes in uh, they released the, they're releasing them about one a week um, and here's a trailer
1: So, who would like to start?
2: Mr. Barnes, why does Sam aggravate you?
1: 15 seconds to drop. So what's our plan? Great.
2: Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished.
3: The wall's upside down right now.
1: Where do we start?
0: It, it picks up from from the last movie, Endgame, where Captain America decided to stay back in the past and become an old man. So his two buddies. Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier, are kind of thrown together, and they're kind of a tandem. They don't really get along that great, even though their connection is with Captain America. But uh, the rub is kind of the fun part of it because they're kind of always, get, um, you know, goosing each other with. Uh, various lines and just the way they want to, who wants to be in charge of things. Really enjoyed the first couple of episodes. Can't wait to get back into it more. And as Ben said, we were at Illinois last week, so I didn't get a chance to watch it for a week. So maybe later this weekend, I can catch up on a couple of those. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right, that'll do it for tonight's show. That'll do it for this week's show. One last note, Husker soccer season is over. They were supposed to play in that regional today against Minnesota, but a Husker player... Apparently has tested positive for COVID and the two teams mutually agreed to not play. So Nebraska is out. Their season is over. They'll pick back up again in August.